Hey guys, welcome to Journey to Integrity. Um, I have been motivated to continue. Um, so I have been motivated. And I want to say a special shout out to the person who motivated me um, in the area. But I didn't get permission to use her, his name. So I'm not using it. But it's a cool name. And it starts with an R. It's a pretty cool name. Um, so, yeah, shout out to you. And so, I did get embarrassed. I don't like talking about things too much. And also, I got a little bit worried of causing ruffles in my personal life in any way. Whether it was, you know, emotionally or financially or legally um so I got a little bit like I have to stop I will say I am happy to announce that my daughter is in a new school and she's enjoying it a lot more she's happy to go to school every day she tells me how nice her teacher is compared to her old teacher how nice the kids are compared to the old kids it was a an advanced school for kids that she went to for rich people they got a scholarship for it, um, and I, yeah, but they're really made to be, eat or be eaten, and I don't want my daughter to be raised like that in any aspect of her day or life, so the eat or be eaten had to be gone, so I am happy to announce that she is in a new school, and she's much happier, she's excited to go to school, I don't have to like drag her out of bed. I don't drag her, but I like literally have to pick her. I literally had to pick her up out of bed, sit her on the toilet and you know, say, go pee. And then hand her, you know what I mean? Like it was just such a, she hated it. Um, but last night she was falling asleep with me because she falls asleep with me or Bubba every night. And then we put her in her bed, but she was falling asleep and she started crying, and I said, what are you crying about, sweetie? What's going on? What did I do? What did I say? Did I say something in sense, you know, because she's my daughter, and I'm me. And she's like, I'm crying happy tears. And I was like, oh, for what? She's like, I like my new friends. I like my new school. I miss my friends. Why can't I see my friends again? I want to see my teacher again. And I was just like, you know, and I, it was just amazing for me as a mother, but I said, you're going to see them tomorrow, you know, just go to sleep, it will come faster if you sleep, so, yeah, your kid anticipating school like it's Christmas is one of the best feelings in the world, guys, I, I really hope you do it, I've had, a, I had to make sacrifices for it, because I do have narcolepsy, so, obviously, she can't ride the school, but oh, I picked a different school out of, it's an open school district, but if you take a different school from where the buses go, you know, from your school, you have to drive them and drop, drop them off, pick them up, et cetera. Um, I, so she made sacrifices for it. I made sacrifices for it because, um, yeah, I mean, there's no bus or anything to the other school, so it's not much of a sacrifice for her because she doesn't know any different. But I made sacrifices to get her in the school because I have narcolepsy, and sometimes I have a really, really hard time getting – well. I have narcolepsy with cataplexy. So sometimes this is kind of the negative side of it, and I don't mean to be negative, but sometimes I have a really, really hard time getting my um, 
body to work even though I am awake. It's um, kind of hard. So, like, the alarms, I have lots of alarms. I have, like, six total. I have a robot that goes up and up that, that will jump. All right, I did have a robot that will jump, um, except for one day I was so desperate to get up, I put him on the ledge of the, bal- of the alcove I live in. What's it called? A le- um, loft. I live in a loft. So I put him on the edge of the wall of the loft to see if he could jump <laughs> to the bottom floor um, and survive just because I needed to get up. And if he was going to jump to the bottom floor and survive and he was going to roll on the bottom floor and I'd have to go down the stairs and chase him, yeah. Well, he didn't survive that jump. So sorry, robot alarm clock. You are no longer useful. That's all he could do was jump and roll. <laughs> I'm sure in... I can't get a refund or anything, so I'm sure in some disclaimer it said, don't jump from a certain height. Um, but, yeah, the downside. And so I did let them know up front when I went to register her that I have narcolepsy with cataplexy and my muscles and body sometimes do not work <laughs> until I want to work. And so I'm fully awake. I can talk. I can interact with the kids. I just can't sit up. <laughs> I just can't sit up for any period. It's like, it's like being paralyzed from the neck down. I guess that's what you could imagine it as. And people that have disabilities are perfectly capable of being parents. It's just they need different resources. Um, so, and unfortunately, those aren't available yet. Um, I'm trying to work on that to help that so she can get a bus to school um, with her brother because her brother has a bus to school. I worked on that for a long time. He's also out of his <laughs> area because the, the school that he goes to has the best programs for him so and he enjoys his friends and they're you know what I mean so you pick what you can do for your kids because if you can I mean some people don't have the option and I understand that but you do the best you can for your kids for what they because they're going to be there what for four to nine ten hours a day I mean like why you know it's like people that enter careers that hate it and I really like my career I like my job I like my team I just I don't get paid enough for what I do but that's just something I'm working on and I do apply for other jobs um off and on I just you know I really like what I do (laughs) I like I like working with the kids I like the kids a lot the kids are my I mean, I always say I don't like kids to other people because people that don't that know me, they say I don't like kids. I don't like kids in my personal life. I don't. It's like a thing. But I have because I have my own kids in my personal life. I don't like extra kids in my personal life. When I want to be in my personal life, I want to focus on my biological children and my you know my family unit right now. But in general, like if I'm not in my personal life, I like kids. I do like kids a lot. They're just cool. I speak, kid. I just, I do. Um, they're all cool. They have their different personalities, their different takes, their different developmental milestones and overcomeness. I mean, it's just like they overcome so much. I mean, some, you know, everybody kind of ends up, not everybody, everybody kind of ends up in their own little life in the end, right? We all fight certain things. So. I just think they're cool. I just like to see. I just like to watch and interact with them. 
I like my kids too. And so when it's my kids' time, they get to I get to show them and interact with them. You know, yesterday, last night, though, my son, I, I threw snow I threw snowballs at my son last night. Like my window, took the screen off, or the screen got off because, like, the cats like to wander, but it's on the second floor. But the, the screen's off, so I grabbed some snowballs and threw them at him while he was playing PlayStation. And, you know, I went down to check on everything at the end of the night. He goes, why do you throw snowballs at me? <laughs> I just, I don't know, I just wanted to. I was just trying to be playful. So, he, but, you know, he's 16. So I'm going to have to get him back in that playful aspect. So I think this weekend we're going to go swimming. I'm going to splash the crap out of that kid until he has no choice but to accept the battle that is upon him. So... Thank you for joining Journey to Integrity. I do have something to talk about tonight. Um, And I don't want to talk about the fact that I'm going to try to put my bid in, the fact that I'm running for mayor in three years, because I don't know what it is. It's just like the same thing as it always has been. I don't want to think about people thinking about me. But there's so much change that's needed, and there's so many people that have come so close. Shout out to Bernie. You know, and it's... What choice do I have? I was given this intelligence for a reason. So... I got the answers. I just got to make them accept it. So that's what we're talking about tonight, is some of the answers that I've thought of for residents of my community. Um, shout out to my community. I think some of you know me um, and or know my voice at least. And yeah, sorry it's been a month or more since I've done this. I just lost motivation to do it, so I didn't do it. I don't like to force myself to do things. Um, I was more motivated on work because work needed a, a good focus and work needed a good focus. There's been a lot of change at work. It needed a good focus. Um, and it was, it's been focused upon. There's still some things that need to be fixed. It's really annoying me because it could be fixed so easily. <laughs> and someone would just, yeah. So I'm left to do it as a damn office manager when I wasn't one before. I'm not an office manager. It's not my job. But I... I volunteered <laughs> to do some things for work because they shut down their office in this area. So it's great. So if I'm going to be an office manager, I might as well apply for a supervisor position because this is really annoying me. Or apply for another job. Um, and I'll bring up how much it's annoying me, but there's nothing really anybody can do because I did volunteer for it. It just would be nice if things were more smooth and people listened and just did it the way I needed because it's going to be that way in the end. I've already thought of all the solutions. And it takes, it's, it's so f- hilarious when it takes people's five, oh my God, let's see, October. It's taken people four months and they're finally coming to the conclusion that, oh, more than four months if you count the whole time I've been working with this company, but 
this particular thing has taken them four months to come to the same conclusion I came to in like a night, and less than a night. So that's really annoying. But they're not, you know, they weren't they weren't raised with me. My kids are, so I have to be, you know, my kids know when I say something. I've already thought of all the solutions, all the conclusions. All the ways of going about it to beat your conclusion. I've just thought about it. And my kids know that. So, you know, they, they barely question me anymore. They do sometimes, and I tell them all the ways I've thought it through and all the conclusion I've come to and what's the best outcome and what's the best mind frame to have through it. And then, you know, my son usually looks at me with his mouth slightly open and goes, Okay, Mom, love you. You're right. And then, you know, an Irish just looks at me like... Like I'm uh, some kind of fairy, or you know, or a witch, in a good way. So it's it's nice that you know they've had that time with me, <laughs> and, and these people have not had. I mean, they've had four years with me, but they have not had the time with me to know that usually it's the best outcome. So I can't really be annoyed. And I'm going to say this again. We do have a talk topic tonight. Um, so I'm going to stop here and we're going to talk about the topic that I want to talk about tonight, which is some solutions I've thought for in my community for some of the problems we were having, like, um, well, we're having a housing problem and a wage problem and we're having a lot of different problems, but I think I found this, and I, I know I found the solution and it's so annoying because I've been here for 15 years. I found the solution like year one and a half into it, <laughs> so but the thing is, it's it, it's not a novel solution. It's not a novel idea. People have done this before. And people have thought this before, but it always gets stopped. So we'll talk about that. I'm so, I'm so annoyed. People stopping solutions. Hey, guys. Welcome back. So I don't know if you... I know if I paused it or not, but I did. I spent some time with my kids. The pizza arrived. And the kids almost ate all my pizza, which is doesn't have red slice on it because I cannot do tomatoes very often. <laughs> so I had to mitigate that. I got the last two pieces. Um, my pizza does not have red sauce on it. It has Alfredo sauce. I love tomatoes, guys. I love actually mint. I can't eat mint either. So it really annoys me sometimes when my son says, you don't like mint, right? When I try to put mint on, like I'm like, no, I actually like mint. <laughs> it's a good flavor. I like mint. I like cilantro. Well, cilantro doesn't bother me. So I can, you know, cilantro tastes a little bit like mint. Not too much, but <laughs> a little bit. It's like when they say, this is a bottle of juice, a juice beverage, and it, you look at the label and it says 5% juice. It's like that. <laughs> it's mostly a water beverage with sugar. It's a sugar water beverage with 5% juice. There is 45% sugar. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it annoys me. Things annoy me that are not accurate. So I'm not sure if I'll be able to finish this podcast tonight because it requires too many fact-checking, which I have in my head, and I, I will fact-check. If someone else can fact-check, I mean, you guys got fact-checking stuff, right? I mean, Google's not the best source to fact-check things, but, I mean, you can start there. And then you can move on to peer-reviewed articles in um, educational journals. 
sometimes you have to have a password to get into those or an alumni code, which is total bullshit because, you know, everybody should be educated. But I will fact check it Um, because I have it in my head. I have a bachelor's degree in political science, international affairs, and it's in there. But I have a lot of experience. But I just don't really feel like fact-checking tonight, so I'm just going to move on. Um, which I might fact-check later. We'll see. So my main map says, in this community that I live in, there's no living wage. And to me, no living wage, and I'm sure this would mean this to a lot of people, no living wage means no life wage. Life. Which means that we're only in it for survival. We're just surviving. And when people are just surviving, there are physical, psychological, and substance abuse issues within society. I almost put sexual abuse, but then I realized that sexual abuse is a different type of disease that's been around when many, many societies were living in harmony with many, many, you know, when life was the goal and not just survival. Um, So that's probably something for a psychologist, a certified psychologist to handle. It's not for me to handle. I'm not a certified psychologist. I'm a social worker. Um, And I I have some psychological training, um, of course. But that aspect of it, I've never studied, so I'm not going to go into that. And I don't know, um, guys that have psychological or psychiatry or nurse practitioner with, you know, an emphasis in in the psychological affairs, um, what would you say that sexual abuse falls under? Is it just something that I don't know? Like, I can't even begin to quantify it. Like, for me, it doesn't, I can't even quantify that, but... So I don't know. So it's something else that I can't qualify or quantify within the only survival. Like, there's physical aspects of only surviving. You take jobs, they're going to hurt you. I mean, I still have a... I've had a hernia. I got pulled out of a window by a fire department for a job I had, you know, because no one ever taught me how to lift heavy people. And I my, one of my first jobs was lifting people. Like clients and patients, and without a belt, I still have a herniated disc. I never, you know, I didn't say anything about it at the time. It just hurt, and now, of course, you get older and it hurts more and more. I went, well, I wasn't that old. I was thinking I was like less than thirty, probably like twenty-seven when it herniated and I had to get pulled out of the, the the window by a fire department. So there's physical aspects of it, and then there's psychological aspects of it. You take jobs that sometimes the the work environment's toxic. Or, like, in my case, you love the work environment. Well, not love it. I like it more than I hate it, if that makes sense. So there's, like, a little... I do everything in scales. Everything is in scales. So it's, like, an 8. No, right now it's a 7.25 out of 10. You know, for the work environment and the work culture and the work expectations. Well, expectations is what things makes it lower. But you do things for scales and reasons. But I do stuff psychologically from it. There's children that I see. And I'm all about the kids, guys. Unless you missed my introduction. I'm totally about the kids. 
you know, there's things about that happens with these children that I can internalize upon meeting a child. I just can. I just can. Just like I heard my dog screaming at me, go out, 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 go, go, go. And I had to go pee. Like I could hear it in my head and it's, it's distracting. I don't like it. Maybe that's one of the reasons I don't like other people's kids unless I'm working <laughs> in my personal life because I hear a lot of things and I empathize. I think it's just because I have a great deal of empathy. And of course, I do have empathetic drain, guys. You know that. You see one of my my. You've heard. Hopefully, you've heard one of my podcasts where I've had empathetic drain. I've had empathetic drain so bad that I just didn't care. I didn't care if I lived. I didn't care. If it, I just didn't care. Like I didn't care. And of course, my my children pull me out of it because they're my children and I care. So that's why they're a priority because they're closest to me. I think that's the way with everybody else. It's the us and them. It's the them and they, which is a whole other topic for me because I wish the people that didn't want to identify as generally didn't do them and they because that's what we've done as a human species for generations to other somebody. So they other themselves with that name to me. And it's so bad because I just don't want people to be othered or they'd are you guys. Yeah, I don't like that. So I'm off on a tangent. And then I think it suffers substance abuse issues, only surviving, because you gotta you gotta feel something sometimes, right? Besides survival, right? I've never turned to substance abuse personally. Um I mean, not abuse. You know, like every on Friday I do get some wine, of course. Um, but that's just me because I grew up with things and I didn't want to repeat it within myself. And also I knew no one would ever take me seriously. (laughs) You know, I have psychological issues and they're not so much of an issue anymore. It's, they're more of a, oh yeah, that's there. And that's there because, and that might not be solved because, but I can deal with it because of this, you know. So they're not so much issues anymore. They're just there. Um, but I never turn to substance abuse. But I can understand why some people do. I can. Because sometimes you just want to get away. Downtown. Yeah, sometimes you just want to put life on pause. And I can understand why things like that happen. Like... I can't understand. So, yeah, if you're only surviving, your your only concept is of survival. You're gonna do anything to survive. You'll take the physical hit. You'll take the psychological hit. You'll take the substance hit. It's just annoying, and it's more than annoying. It makes me just want to die and cry. Afraid. Everybody, I just want to, just, it's so sad. And I say that out loud sometimes, too, when I'm in public. Like, today they were, um, in the local post office, they were advertising a a person, a parcel and delivery person's physician for, like, seventeen ninety one. As if that's a, a good wage 
for a, a government employee. This was USPS, by the way. In this area, in you know, in this area that I am, uh, uh, pre-COVID, and I don't know what to count it as, pre or post or during COVID. I don't think I've done a during COVID analysis yet. I mean, I could do. Pre, I'll tell you pre and post. Uh, Pre-COVID, a single earner household, which traditionally in the past, prior to 1953, would have been the male, is about 22.15 an hour for a single earner household for a male. And then it became a double earner household for a little while before all the divorces set in and people started realizing they could earn their own money. Um, so for a double earner household, it's $43 an hour so if you're in a single-person household, because that's the standard now. The standard has been this way since 1977 or 76 into the 1983 or four. It's still the standard is that there's two people earning now. Women are becoming teachers. Women are becoming nurses at this time. I mean, women are becoming architects and CEOs. So they're becoming something. And so then it's $43 an hour, and that's, that's the standard. And there's still single-earner households, guys. It just, it just disappear in that decade period. So the living standard here now is $43 an hour. In whether you're a single-earner household or a double-earner household, you both have to make $43 an hour to have a life, or one of you, has to make $40 an hour to have a life, to have a standard, to not survive, and not to suffer from these things, physical, psychological, or substance. Or all three, or two of the above, or one of the above. But if you're not given a living wage, at some point in your life, you will suffer one of these three, three things, two of these three things, or three of these three things, psychological, physical or substance abuse and it makes me so sad that this conclusion is this conclusion and that there is a solution I'm clicking my pen I click my pen sometimes I peel off my nails too but I'm rather click my pen I just get sad about it like all the time and so it makes me so sad, like, I, I don't even know what to do because all I want to do is cry because I can't yell. I know, I mean, I mean that never, no one ever takes anybody who yells seriously because you can't hear what they're saying. And I can't talk fast the way I'm supposed to talk fast because I'm, that's just me, I talk fast. I can't cuss because I'm a lady and no one take me seriously. So, like, what is there to do besides cry about it when you know the solution and you've suggested the solution in different committees, different councils, and this, in different professional positions, which, by the way, I only gather these professional positions, these professional academic statuses, so people would take me seriously 
And I guess I can't blame because they're not me. But I still want to cry about it. And I think a lot of people have cried about it. I think a lot of people have suffered. I think a lot of families have suffered. I think a lot of children have suffered from their parents always fighting for survival instead of life. I mean, it's, and it's up to everybody to determine what life is t- to them. That's, that's up to them, but everybody should have the opportunity to determine that. And I think everybody has determined what their life is for them. Like, I think everybody's thought about it, right? What would it be like to win the lottery? Would you travel the world, or would you donate your money, or would you do this and set this foundation up? And it's so many options, right? So many options. Not just being selfish. There's a lot of options. And you can do a lot of things when you travel the world and a lot of different influence. But I think everybody's thought of it. I mean, even people that are selfish, I mean, have thought about that. What it is to have a life for them. What it is not just to survive. And everybody gets that. I mean, just because I would judge a more selfish means of life doesn't mean that it doesn't, it isn't something that should be forced away from people. So I can understand people who win the lottery don't contribute to society in any way. And I've cried about that too. It's just, I cry a lot, guys. I spend a lot of time crying. And just, I mean, I feel bad for all of us. So, yeah, my, my job's emotionally draining. Because my job deals with a lot of parents that have overcome things because of trying to survive. It just comes to that point, and I'm just, you know what, guys? Just cry about it. There are people in this world that their whole lives are just survival from the day they're born or conceived. Their whole lives are just about surviving this life and hoping maybe there's something out there for them. I mean, and I mean it, conception. There's children that are conceived and horrible ways and treated in horrible ways when they're in utero and it's not the person who was pregnant's fault entirely I cry about everything yeah that makes for a good mayor right I'm just going to cry up there just be like why why are you doing this just change it I have the solution (laughs) Anyway, guys, I'm getting too emotional because I do this. If I think, if I talk about this, it's a lot and it's embarrassing. Because sometimes I become too reactive to it. Which my boss can attest to. I've had to apologize to someone last Friday. I didn't make an apology. I didn't even mean. But I did it for my job but I didn't mean to send that email so (laughs) whatever I did it but anyway welcome to me integrity 
and Turgity. I just want to spend my name in Turgity once. I'm really annoying me. Anyway, I have the solution. But I have to go cry now. So, yes, while um, minimum wages have increased more than you would count the dollar amount since the 1970s, housing prices have increased dramatically. We all know this. And between the, the 1800s, when money became more of an influence instead of bartering, in the 19, I want to say it ended in like the late 1970s to the, the early 1980s because I think it ended then. I couldn't find the source that I was looking for. Like I said, I'll back it up. The housing prices were never more than 40% of the income that someone was making, 40% of minimum wage. Right now, housing prices are like over 180% of minimum wage, which means a single earner household cannot afford minimum wage. And you have to think back then, they were considering two people households, but prior to then it was a single earner household. So a single earner household made 40% of minimum wage. Then a double person household made 40% of minimum wage, or a little bit over. I mean, women started to get compensated, and the men were still getting compensated at 40% because they were the main earner of the household. So it was better. It was better for them. People were only paying probably, not probably, accurately maybe 34% of their wage in, in a household. Because both people were earning and divorce wasn't as common still, etc. And then divorce became common. And then it became more common for the women to get custody. Thank you for understanding the bond between that. But it is not always the case. Sometimes biological mothers and fathers are not as involved or is not accurate. But thank you. For understanding that bond in the aspect of me because I do have that bond with my children. Sometimes when I'm going to sleep at night, I can feel little kicks in my belly still in the rhythm that either Iris or Ian would do it. So, And it's like called residual contractions or residual pain from being pregnant responses. It's, you know, like, like sometimes I'll even drug, I'll even um, drug test I don't know why I said that. I was thinking about drug testing. My drug test is coming up, but um, I mean the past, of course. But I was just thinking about it because I have to go to the clinic. I have to sit there for fucking 12 hours or more. <laughs> it's only 12 hours. Hopefully they're in and out. In and out, in and out, guys. In and out. Just want to get in and out and get all of my clients and my reports. Um, probably should read my computer. I hope they have a place to plug it in because it will die. I probably should like, probably write reports while I'm doing it. It's such an annoying process. Anyway, I was thinking about that today, so that's why I said that. But, yeah. Women kind of do have a special bond, and they've even proven that when women give birth to male children, and I don't know why male children only, maybe it's because we don't give them our mitochondria, our mitochondria, mitochondria, 
I think that's a, something that's a female thing, but women retain certain DNA of their sons they birth in their head, like DNA within their brain, in their head. That's where my brain is. So it's a, it's a special thing. It's a different thing. It's a thing. It's an annoying thing. It's a frustrating thing. It's a painful thing. It's a horny thing. God, darsh. When I was pregnant, at least when I was pregnant with my son, I had a husband there to satisfy that. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I had nobody. It was me. I had to satisfy that. So that was really agitating. Um, but it was satisfied. Not as much as I would like it to have been, but every woman who's been pregnant knows that there's a, a peak horny period when you're pregnant. And, yeah, and it comes and goes, too. It, like, peaks and then it wanes, and it peaks and then it wanes. You guess the reason why some families have so many kids? Because of the... I can't imagine, though, because the waning is... An, really gross I hate not gross it's well it's gross to me because I get angry gosh darn and I'm hungry for chocolate all the time or sweet potatoes no not me so it was 40% of the income back then and then sometimes even more I mean even less like down to 37% because women were earning they still weren't being paid for their services as much as they could be because Again, women's labor is considered a service to society. It's not considered a labor to society. It's still not. And women are still paid 3 to 5% less than men in our society. So, you know, if that's the way it was when people were thriving, when there was a middle class, when people had lives, let's bring it back. And since now, men have capped out, you know, when women started making decisions for themselves about who they wanted to be there for the rest of their life, who they wanted to support, what they would put up with, um, men have kind of capped out and left the kid rearing to us still. I mean, it was always a service, right? Not a labor. I'm just so glad they don't call, like, labor, like, when you go and active labor when you're birthing somebody a service here you go there's your service to society it's a baby now raise it and make it economically and financially and emotionally responsible for free I mean it would be more accurate but I'm glad I don't call labor a service I mean it's painful um I got backtracked again but now since men folks you guys just kind of checked out on us you know, left the financial, the emotional, the child rearing, all of it to us. And women still earn three to five percent less than men. The minimum, the house of pricing in my community and elsewhere, I believe, but I'm hoping to start my community should be capped at thirty five to thirty seven percent of minimum wage for a single earner household. In any, and the college here, they can buy the apartments and all the complexes around here. And they could say, we could just put a policy. You, you cannot leave campus. You cannot leave campus until you've 
graduate with a bachelor's degree. And you cannot vote in policies until you have graduated the bachelor's degree. Because by the time you graduate with a bachelor's degree, you've decided whether you're going to stay or not, whether or not your life is going to depend on this or not. Because there are job opportunities here. They just don't pay the populace. They don't pay the populace so much that we recruit great doctors, specialists from all over the place. And they get here. They try it out for you and they leave. And we don't have anybody here except for people that can deal in the medical field that can deal with substance abuse for adults. We have great people here that can deal with childhood stuff. We have a we have a great team that works with psychological stuff, especially in the foster programs and, and within the school system. But there's things that need to be changed within that too. I think they're changing slowly. I'm glad to hear they don't do homework very much anymore. I didn't have a hand in that, I don't think. Um, I don't want to give myself that much credit. But, yeah. Cap it. Cap having housing prices at 35% of a minimum wage for a single earner household. 35 to 37%. And guess what? You know what that does? Guys, you know what that does? It's so amazing what that, what that will do. It'll force the rich people to care about minimum wage. Like, all right. If housing prices are capped at 36% of minimum wage, well, we didn't increase the minimum wage. Because I'm still going to get my money over here at this house. And I'm still going to get my money over here at this complex and these apartment buildings. It forces everything to go into play. You know, it forces people that with extra degrees can get, and people with no degrees can get, people that just work, everybody can get a life. You know, and I'm not going to say anything about student loans right now because if everybody had a life, including those with bachelor's and master's degrees and PhDs, if everybody had a life, what, you know, it's up to you how far you want to go with your career or your education. Everybody gets a life. There's no more fighting to survive. And I, I really don't want to say that's malicious on the rich people's part. But it feels like whenever a policy change is suggested so that those that are in the survival, impoverished, underclass mode are somehow elevated to dreams and, and life and not just survival, 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 overcoming, overcoming, overcoming. Dying, living, dying, living, finding something to fight for constantly. We're not in this mode all the time. And we're happy. Why is that so unacceptable? 
Why is that so unacceptable? Why do billionaires exist? Why do millionaires exist? Why is this an existence for some people and then so many good people, so many just kind and skilled and motivated people and loving people, their existence is survive, 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 survive. Tear your back up, tear your back up, tear your legs up, tear your legs up, tear your brain up, tear your brain up, tear your heart up, tear your heart up. Tear your body up. And then being told, find something. Find something to live for. Why should we be forced to search for a life when life was already freely given to us? Are the poor, are the underclass any less deserving? And it's not true if you say that we are. Your life has no more value than ours. Your life is just more secure. More free to be apathetic. More free to turn it all off. More free to not see, to close your eyes, to not hear. More free to close your nose and not smell the putridness and the evilness. I hate it. And it makes me want to cry. So cap the goddamn housing prices. Give people a goddamn life. And force the rich to fucking claw to the top again. They want to be on the top. Force them to accept that we deserve a life. Give a policy change. Housing prices, no more than 36%, 36.5% of minimum wage. Every corporation, every rich person with six properties are going to be fighting for that minimum wage to increase. We've been fighting as the poor on our own for too long. They don't care about our stories. They don't care about our tears. They care about their money. Make a policy change. Get the good doctors here. Get the good doctors here. Get the good specialists here. Good policy change. You can't keep good people in this town. Police officers, physicians, specialists, kind-hearted people because it's all eat or be eaten. And they refuse to accept that. I just refuse to accept that. I'm done accepting that. Everywhere I go, it's the same. I'm just done. Aren't you? Please be done. Poor people, the underclass, all of us, please be done. Because calling something poverty without you, it's not a compliment, guys. It's a joke. It's a joke. Put on the poor, on the underclass. And at least we get a view, right? At least we see something pretty. Every day as we're rushing around, scrambling, clawing, drowning, 
joke on us. By the rich. To keep us complacent. And of course I'm counting the rich as a corporation. And I want to ask you guys this. And I challenge you to look this up. What is the difference between a democracy and a plutocracy? Plutocracy. P-U-L-T-O-C-R-A-C-Y. And challenge yourselves this. Which society are we in now? Which political sphere in America? America. No, United States of America. Which one do you think we're in? And how long have we been in it? Because I can tell you the answer, but I'm not going to. It's been a long time. Longer than most of us have been alive. Who are listening to me, anyway. Maybe we should reframe everything for us. I'm fighting for my country, too, guys. I want my democracy back. So the miracle fucking I'm American boy. You can suck my ass. You can suck it hard too. Cause I want my country back. And my country has lived longer than you. And so is the world. Everybody deserves to live. Everybody deserves to live. To just survive. And I understand, and I know this deeply in my heart, deeply, deeply in my heart. I know this for fish. In China, they get fried halfway in their body, and then they're expected to live and go blah, 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 gasp as they're being eaten. I know this for all peoples and creatures. We all feel pain. We're all trying to survive. But we all deserve to live. Don't know what where sexual abuse and offenders fall under this line. I'm leaving that to a different professional peoples. But journey to integrity, and I'm not going to say it. I am going to say it because I've been asked to say it. I hope you vote for me when I run for mayor. Be well, be safe, be happy. Thanks for joining.